Hey guys, welcome back to the general store. Uh, we got part two with Robin and Lewis back. So as always, I'm Kevin. I'm Lewis. I'm Robin. And uh, today I think we're going to talk about some immigrant problems uh, or just problems growing up with, uh, I guess, cultural differences in general. So I know, like personally, I immigrated when I was five years old. I was like five and a half, pretty much. Um, so I essentially grew up pretty Canadian, like pretty white, but at home, there was always like that Chinese influence there. Um, I know a lot of, um, kind of like our generation of Asians also experienced the same thing where we grew up that 1.5 generation where we might've been born here or immigrated here at a very young age. So there was clear differences between kind of what we experienced, um, at school or with our friends versus what we experienced back at home. Yeah. Um, well, I'm not an immigrant, but uh, immigrant to the United States, maybe. But my parents <laughs> yeah. were immigrants. Uh, yeah. And like that. Yeah, it's, it's definitely, you know, that in between worlds kind of feeling um, for me as well. You know, trying to navigate the, the different cultures between, you know, at home, at school, growing up and, you know, trying to, you know, find not necessarily pick a side, but, you know, over the years learn to kind of take that middle path. And yeah, it's been a, it's been a journey and it continues to be one. It's pretty unique, I think. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah. So uh, my mom immigrated, but my dad's like born and raised Canadian, like been in Canada for several generations. So I feel like I have this kind of unique perspective where I saw a bit of both worlds mm -hmm. and definitely, yeah, like growing up, I felt very connected to like my Filipino half and like family was such a big thing. And that was like a big cultural thing for us. But then as I got older, I was like, I feel like I'm basically just white or like Canadian. Mm -hmm. uh, so then it's like, how do you like reconcile growing up in Western society with your roots basically? And like, how does that factor into your identity? I'm, I'm actually curious, Robin, because yeah, like I, like, I haven't gotten too much exposure to, you know, like, people who are half um, ethnic. But it's, like, because your your mom, you said, is Filipino, right? Yeah. And she speaks, I assume she speaks, like, Tagalog with her yeah. family? Yeah. Did, did you ever, like, or did she ever want you to, like, learn Tagalog? Yeah, I actually learned when I was, like, growing up. But then when I, I don't know, around the age of four, like, I could speak fluently. But it was because my aunt lived with us and then she left to go to university in Calgary. Okay. Uh, and then once she left, like no one else in my family spoke Tagalog other than my mom. So then we kind of just reverted back to English because like of my dad and my brother and like mm -hmm. that basically. Uh, and so then I kind of lost the language, but I like still understand a bit. Um, but I think I, I guess like in the Philippines, kind of everyone speaks English. So even though. Yeah my mom's like native language was Tagalog. She still spoke like really good English. So I think for her, it wasn't really like super important that we speak Tagalog at home because mm -hmm. I guess like she knew that by coming yeah. to Canada, like yeah, might not learn Tagalog, but we'd have a better life kind of thing. So. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And like, yeah, and obviously she would speak English to your dad. Um, yeah. Yeah. He tried to learn a bit, but. Okay. I mean, <laughs> yeah. yeah. How much? Knows, like, yeah, I was gonna ask, like, how much does your uh, dad know? He he knows 
like words, I feel like he can't really construct sentences, which is kind of my level as well. So okay. maybe I'm like a bit better than him, but he, yeah, he's okay. He's okay. But it, it's just, um, yeah, it's like, it's definitely hard to learn a language once you're already like, you're so used to one language. Like, yeah, yeah. You know, for, yeah. for you growing up, like before you were four, it, like obviously I, I, I can't, you know, I'm no like, pediatrician i don't really know like kids development but it's just like kids just latch on to shit so fast yeah like, yeah language yeah. is so easy when you're a kid yeah so like because i've always wondered like if you teach like if you're taught tagalog and you're taught english as a kid would you be able to know it's two separate languages or would you just think it's like one language yeah i don't i don't really know because i can't really remember the time of my well, life but yeah <laughs> i definitely know that like with with my younger cousins and stuff were around that age uh they i don't know i think they just understand and then they respond in whatever they feel like so they'll often like hear tagalog and then respond in english mm-hmm. and i don't know if that's because they like realize and then they choose english or if they're just kind of like well like, like an, this one's available state. like yeah. yeah or it's like they speak english at school so because they, they live mm-hmm. in canada but like so I guess that's like more readily available for them. But then their parents like try to push them to learn Tagalog more. Actually, yeah, my younger cousin, we were in the Philippines over this past Christmas. And it's my cousin's kid and she's five. So she's in kindergarten this year. And she told me that her parents told her that if she didn't speak Tagalog, the other kids wouldn't play with her. And I think oh, that was them damn. like threatening her <laughs> to try to get her to speak Tagalog more. Wow. Wow. It's pretty extreme. But, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I mean, she's fluent in both right now. And like, I think she has a higher chance of like keeping up together because both her parents are Filipino. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't know. Interesting tactic. Yeah. Wow. Oh, definitely. Yeah. I actually, so like the difference between um, kids who are monolingual and, and bilingual, I, like, there's actually a lot of research about. Um, like how their how it affects their brains and stuff. Oh. Yeah. I like I, I don't have all of it with me, but like yeah. um one of you know, some some of the main advantages that um you can think about um that has been written about is like you know how in different languages you kind of have different words for things that might not exist in a different language? Yeah. Yeah. Like being like understanding that from a young age like really helps you cognitively um Mm. to you know be be able to like focus um on multiple things at once and also to be able to like understand other people better Mm. like outside outside of um just like speaking spoken language um like to be able to like understand a, a feeling that maybe like you can't explain in english yeah that, that yeah. makes sense it's just mm-hmm. like i feel like when you when you learn a language or when you speak a language it's just like a higher level of understanding than speaking you know obviously like or sorry like like when you learn yeah. the words like writing versus the speaking thing and then like i guess when you understand a language it's more like you're actually able to like write it like you're able to articulate it um it, yeah like it definitely just be a higher level of like understanding of the same concept but like with two or multiple or many different like ways to express the same concept yeah. and then yeah. i would also imagine like because sometimes you, you just take like compound words right in languages and then like 
yeah like uh, in german yeah like like i'm trying to think of something right away <laughs> that's different in two but like you know what i mean like yeah so yeah yeah yeah, yeah. How, about, like, how about in like chinese when you're saying yeah like, I, I am uh, yeah i'm trying to think like, of like you know how earwax yeah and like boogers uh in chinese they're just like a body part and then poop oh yeah oh yeah. Wait, really? okay oh that's yes. funny uh, yeah i was trying to think of like an example like that yeah. <laughs> um i had I, I had like in elementary school um a classmate was like tr- like getting annoyed at another kid because he was like saying like ew like i saw him touching his nose poo yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah and, really and then just like I guess when you hear different like interpretations of the same like manifestation, it just yeah. helps you like understand it better. I, yeah. Yeah, because like <laughs> like I right now I'm like not fluent in any second language, so like as soon as I speak a second language, I have to translate it first to English, then like connect yeah. that to the actual physical thing. Yeah. Versus like fluency, you can just like have the word and that associate that with like say an object, which uh-huh. is what we do in yeah. English, but. When you're not fluent, there's like this intermediate step where you go back to like your mother tongue, I guess. Yeah, you see that Google Translate effect <laughs> yeah. on your language. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah, like I, I, I feel like that's how I speak Chinese. Like I think I've oh yeah yeah words yeah. themselves down, but like I just I'm so in tune with English grammar or how like English mm-hmm. sentences are constructed that I'll put like Chinese words into English grammar, and then it sounds yeah. like yeah, kind yeah, of right yeah. in my head. But obviously, yeah. when I say it, they're like, oh, you're a foreigner. Yeah. yeah. But I assume, yeah. like, you must have been fluent when you were younger. Um, well, like, I think I was, I probably reached my peak around, like, third grade-ish. Well, only because I pretty much, I, like, I came here at when I was five. So mm-hmm. I would say right now, I have about, yeah, like, the Chinese skills of, like, yeah, five-year-old. Like a kindergarten. Okay, yeah. An advanced yeah, like, uh, five-year-old. <laughs> yeah. Like, I just kind of kept the same level of Chinese uh, <laughs> since I immigrated. And maintained it. Yeah. Well, because I, like, I, I'll speak to my parents in Chinese. Mm-hmm. And then growing up, I did do, like, Chinese homework. Or they made me do, like, Chinese homework at home. So, like, Chinese. Okay. Oh, you just had it at home? Yeah. Like, they just bought me, um, like, textbooks from China. For like Chinese class there. Oh, was it and, like the classic like you have your main book and then you also have your two exercise books? I think for me it was just like the main book was the exercise book. Oh, they were damn. just like these paperback books. Um Okay. Did they have like did common have... like the common characters like little Annie or something? I forgot her name. But uh, like... yo, I I don't think so. Like all my textbook was, so it it would say like Yuan, which was like Chinese class or like language class, basically. Oh, um, got it. Chinese. Got it. And then there was two textbooks per grade, so it'd be like it would say like third grade. Um, Wait, one, three, three, grade eight. Oh, okay, okay, yeah. yeah. We we had a uh, different uh, one through a different yeah. system. Oh, okay. Um, but I think I did that up to like grade six Chinese level, but. Because I never really, like, I never really write or read. I only speak mm-hmm. and listen now. Um, so mm-hmm. I kind of just lost a lot of the writing and reading that I learned. Um, yeah. But I peaked in, like, grade three because <laughs> I ended up going back to China for the summer after yeah. grade three. And then 
I was still like a young and impressionable kid. And I remember going mm -hmm. in like barely speaking Chinese or just speaking Chinese at like a kindergarten level. And by the end of the summer, yo, I was like, I was like a actually with the accent, like all the intonations, like how kids were talking in China back then. Like it only took me two months to pick it all back. Yeah. 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 yeah it's still forming your accent. Yeah. Yeah. And then, That's really cool. Yeah, but I mean, it was all for nothing because then I came back to <laughs> Canada and then lost it all. Like, I mean, yeah, I did. My family yeah. spent like two months in the Philippines when I was like 11 years old. Um, and they were like, oh, you guys can learn Tagalog. But because like all Filipinos speak English, we just like yeah. other people wanted to practice their English with us. We <laughs> didn't learn mm. any Tagalogs. So we're like, oh, okay. Uh -huh. But Yo. that's the thing. I feel like you're not gonna learn it unless like you're immersed, where like people yeah. literally can't yeah. speak English. Yeah, unless you have to. Yeah. Which yeah means it's like kind of hard to learn Tagalog, but also not so useful because everyone speaks English anyway. That's true, but yeah. like, but, do you feel like it's important to you that you kind of have that part of your culture with you? Or it'd be nice. It'd be nice to know more. Uh, I know enough to say like. I speak a little bit and to say when I'm full or when I'm hungry, which are like the important <laughs> that's, things. That, that's important. That's yeah, important. That is important. Yeah. And to like ask where things are. Uh, but it's like very basic. Um, yeah. And I, I don't know, whenever I go back, like I try to learn a bit more kind of thing, but that's I don't cool. really know grammar rules or like how to form a proper sentence. I just kind of like say okay. things. So you're like toddler, um, toddler level. Yeah, honestly. <laughs> Um, but you know it is cool to like know a bit and oh yeah it would be nice yeah to, oh and i know how to say things are expensive nice uh okay. yeah <laughs> which is good things. if you're trying to bargain with a vendor yeah, yeah. <laughs> and i know like food names um, <laughs> i mean it'd be nice to know more that's important but, actually yeah. I, I think yeah. like knowing food names like Immigrant. you can you know asking people where things are knowing food names yeah. asking how expensive something is you can go traveling yeah, I yeah. basically have travelers to Gallup. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Cool. <laughs> Which is not do you, bad. Do you find um, that this might be a weird question if you don't know too much of it, but you have a different personality when you're speaking a different language? It's actually a really good question. Yeah, that is an interesting question. Uh, I would say, yeah, I don't think I know enough to Gallup to like have noticed. Yeah, but yeah, maybe it's just like a, a, I yeah, feel like, like a, a child because I, I don't have access to the enough words, maybe. Um, well, like, oh, yeah, I, cause okay, my, yeah. like that, that's not actually how I feel. <laughs> um, like when I was uh, doing my master's degree, my uh, supervisor was from uh, Germany and he, he was uh, emailing his colleague one day while we were having a meeting and he goes like, do you ever feel like you become a different person when you speak a different language? Um, as he's like typing in like all caps in German. <laughs> um, so I, I think there's something there like, yeah, because the characteristics of a language, the, the grammar and like the, I don't know, like the power distance of a language, um, you know, like how important honorifics are, that kind of stuff, like how structured it is. Um, yeah. How, no, how it, like, straight on an accent. Yeah. Yeah. It, yeah. it kind of forces you to have a certain voice, right? When you. Yeah, that's yeah. true. 
when you're typing yeah, emails to your German friends. <laughs> yeah, I think um, like less of that for me. I, and I totally understand where that comes from because even just looking at, well, like my, my first thought in my head was just even looking at the differences between like Chinese dialects in general, the stereotypes of it. Or yeah. like they say, you know, like that, well, cause I'm from um, pretty close to Beijing and I spent a lot of time in Beijing. Yeah. I'm very much like a Northeastern uh, Chinese nice. person. Yeah. Also, Robin, if you don't know, like, uh, like the regions of China, they're very distinct, like how they talk or characteristics kind oh, of. Oh yeah. Um, okay. Yeah, they got like know. their accents. It's like it's yeah. like America, kind of. You got your yeah, Brooklyn yeah, accent. Yeah, yeah, It is very much like America. <laughs> um, but so, like, you know, in Beijing, stereotypically, it's that whole like, real like, gritty, mean-sounding Chinese with all like er. It's like a lot of like er sound at the end of sentences yeah. and the words, and then like. You know, Cantonese traditionally, like it stereotypically, it sounds very like um, animated almost. Yeah. Um, definitely yeah, yeah. a lot more than like Mandarin. So, like. Yeah, we got we got six tones. You only yeah. got four. Oh wait, you do? Yeah, we wow, got six. I that. Oh shit, that's actually it's actually really useful to learn. Yeah, it it's like I I I never learned Cantonese like formally, but. Mm. Um, because my parents, um, spoke it and like my cousins and stuff. And like, like I revealed last time I was illiterate in English until I was four. Um, <laughs> uh, like it, you, you, it kind of like, I don't know, you, you just know the kind of thing. Like, you yeah. know, when a word is, is said in the wrong accent, mm. but I can't do that for Mandarin. Yeah. Oh, interesting. Okay. Although in Mandarin, like different accents of mandarin they're it's still technically the same pronunciation but because they have an accent it almost sounds like they're pronouncing it a different tone um yeah yeah yeah, yeah. The, the four the four tones right yeah but i think mm. to me more of like the language having a different personality is because it, it's very distinct when i speak mandarin because i like i'm pretty much 90 Nine percent of the time I speak it is to like family, right? It's to my mm-hmm. right, my, okay. my parents, my sister. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. So like, and just how I learned Mandarin, it's it's like you know how um, in like elementary school and shit, when people are like, oh, you know Chinese, like tell me a swear in Chinese, right? <laughs> or it's it's <laughs> yeah, always yeah, like yeah. the ask, oh, how do you say like dick in Chinese? Everyone wants um, to learn. Yeah, and and I'm like, yo, honestly, I have no idea. Like my parents. Yeah. Talk- do you think they're yeah. going to teach me swear words? No. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, yeah, I, didn't get, I, I didn't get to that I, book yet. I don't know yeah. any swear words in theology. Yeah, exactly. So, <laughs> like, I think just the the level of Chinese and how I'm used to speaking is is very like this like respectful, reserved tone of speaking yeah. Chinese. Okay. Where, like, I just don't have that level of like complexity with the language, and since I'm so used to just speaking it with my parents, that's just how my Chinese is it's just right. like more respectful it's more like i don't know mm-hmm. in english it's like it's it's anarchy right i can like talk <laughs> how i talk but, yeah but do you yeah. also yeah. think that you are just more respectful around your parents so like even if you were speaking english you would kind oh, of oh yeah no no of, yeah, of course refrain. so yeah. yeah like that's what i'm saying so because i yeah. it's just yeah it's yeah. like conditioned Although it, it's kind of weird for me to speak Chinese to my parents. It's just like, it feels like wrong. <laughs> really? Do you speak English to your parents? Or sorry, sorry. Oh, did I say Chinese? I meant English. Oh, got it. Yeah. 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 Oh, yeah. okay. Yeah, yeah. 
I, my bad, my bad. I don't know. I feel like even though I speak English to my parents, like I still am more respectful with them just because like, like even though my dad's Canadian, he's like pretty traditional. My parents yeah. are religious. Uh, so I like don't swear around them and yeah. don't disclose things about my life to them. Um, but yeah, that's interesting. Yeah, you have the full, you? you've got the full immigrant child experience mm-hmm. then. Yeah, which, <laughs> yeah, I mean, honestly. so yeah, that's like a totally another part of the immigrant experience is like, you see a lot of um, like local Canadians where they have this like best friend kind of relationship with their parents. It's so weird. Damn, it's, yeah. yeah. And, and you see that a lot. It's um, so nice. Yeah. It, like you know growing up honestly i wanted that like so bad before i realized it's just like it's just a difference in culture you know Uh uh-huh yeah i think there's some individual differences there too but like Mm -hmm. because i i what i see also is like as as we grow older like we move out um move to different city or like even just move out in the same city and see them less that that makes it more easy to become their friend Mm mm-hmm um, okay. when you're no longer like like first you're no longer living under the roof so like they don't feel like they have that control yeah. or that responsibility and now they want to be more in your lives right and they can kind of come at it with like a like more more of a peer approach and yeah. I, I see that with my friends a lot um in vancouver who have like moved out hmm yeah, that's interesting. Like, I definitely feel that a bit. And actually, when I go home now, it, like, because my parents can't really tell me what to do anymore, it kind of just, when I stay at their house, like, we kind of assume more of the role of, like, roommates. Like, I kind of keep them posted on what I'm doing, but they don't really have, yeah. like, a say, uh, which right. is nice. And I would say we, like, I think we have a good relationship. We're just, like, not that close, which is, like, okay with me. <laughs> Yeah. Um, it's just, yeah it's like a different i think the relationships are, are are based on different things like um yeah like growing up i would i would have loved to have a relationship with my parents that's based on like friendship but i think like i, I realized that my relationship with my parents is a lot based on like respect and responsibility um mm-hmm. just you know like kind of how you're raised uh, yeah yeah I think like, there's a little bit of like individual differences there, like de- mm-hmm. depending on how like conservative your parents are. Oh yeah, yeah, of um, course. How their parents treated them. Yeah. Yeah, I think a lot of it for me too is like that. I don't just can't really relate to my parents on a lot of things. Like they can't relate to me on a lot of things because like my mom, yeah. she was she had eight or there were eight of them, so she had seven siblings. Um, but she was mm-hmm. the oldest girl, so she kind of like assumed responsibility for the household uh like ran the house basically and like she grew up washing clothes in the river and i'm like this is something i can never relate to because like you know you moved here and like i don't have to do that kind of thing yeah i mean you could you could try you could try and see what it's like (laughs) but even like when i've hand washed things i'm like this is not clean like i don't understand how you wash things anyway but you know that's just an experience like i will never have and it's like yeah interesting like her childhood was that and my childhood was just like being a normal kid growing up in Canada but I feel like yeah you know in high school like people start going to parties and stuff and I don't think like my parents really or my mom especially like ever really had that option growing up it was just like no we gotta like 
go that's to school, true. work, like well, do the chores, oh, yeah. yeah, that kind yeah. of thing. No, that's really like, yeah. I, I, that's something we've talked about like outside of this too, right? Like our our yeah. parents grew up pretty like working class, pretty poor, and like yeah. they had to like do a lot to to get to where they are and to be able to give us an opportunity. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of like a double-edged sword, right? Like, it is because yeah, like you like work so would... hard and now have a better life, but then you're yeah. gonna you're gonna like make like rag on me for to, like enjoying this life that you created. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> and it's understandable because, like, I think once you've you've gone down that path and you've seen how much you know, like things like like discipline responsibility like hard work how much these things like yeah. harden you and and make you like a better worker and a better person so obviously yeah. you want to pass the positive traits of what you experience down to your kid but yeah. unfortunately like a lot of those traits are only achieved when you like like grind you know like yeah 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 and, and we'll like never see the same hardships that our parents saw. yeah and like yeah. almost the whole point of, of immigrating to a different country is to give your kid a better opportunity um, uh-huh. so that they don't have to grind. So it's like kind of this weird, ironic, like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, like yeah that's right? the, the trouble of an immigrant. No, like, Another totally. challenge they have, right, is like how much of like how, how much should we be changing um, yeah. to to be able to survive in, in the culture that you're now in? and yeah like what what can you hold on to and like what is going to hold you back because it's a completely different culture right yeah and the values that you have back home and all like the hustle and all like the different mentalities like just don't always work and if you raise your kids like that it's going to be tough for them to Mm -hmm. thrive in like whatever new place you've you've moved to yeah have you guys noticed that your parents have like more so embraced Western culture, that kind of I thing, or are they? Uh, <laughs> it's like a mix. I feel like yeah. I don't know. I feel like they're like modern Christians, uh, in that they take whatever they want from the Bible as real. Not referring to not referring to religion specifically, but like I don't know. Like some things, right. like culture. I, I think, like culturally, we're kind of take a bit from both. Yeah. Well, I think still, you know, obviously, way more, way more leaning towards the Chinese side of things mm-hmm. uh, for my parents. Like, like they might be slowly integrating. I think, like, um, it's interesting because I, I like I have a little sister, and she's mm-hmm. nine right now. Um, pretty much, we had it was almost like two single child experiences for both of us and for yeah. like, my parents as well. Yeah. Um, so how I grew up being like the first gen immigrant versus how she's growing up now that we are like established um, in Canada already. And like money isn't a problem anymore is totally different because like, yeah, just, just how she's being raised. I would say, you know, it's like very like local quote unquote almost. Uh-huh. Yeah. Um, because it's almost like that when I was a kid, I like, I really wanted, like, I did want to be white, you know, like I wanted yeah. to be a white yeah, kid. Yeah. I wanted to experience what the white kids were experiencing. Um, not just from like a prejudice standpoint, but just like they would get birthday gifts, they get Christmas presents, their parents would take them to the movies and all this shit. Right. And it's just like, those weren't options. Um, like when I was a kid. So mm-hmm. I think, and any kid obviously would want that. 
So now that like my parents are able to give my sister like these opportunities, like, yeah, obviously she's going to ask for all of them. He's a kid. Well, like, what does she know? Right. Yeah. Um, Yeah. So yeah. Like how she's being raised is, is definitely like more, a lot more on the Western side than how I was raised. So even if it's not like manifesting in my parents, it's manifesting in how my sister's being raised. Yeah. It sounds like it's a lot closer to like maybe how you would raise your future kids if you have kids, you know? Yeah. Like, it's yeah it's just it's basically they just skipped a generation um with my sister that's true you like the age difference is Mm -hmm. enough to that's pretty that yeah that's a pretty interesting point like i i feel like that's how i'd raise my kids too yeah but only because i was like growing up there watching (laughs) myself not being able to get that opportunity you know exactly i feel you on that like i wish i were white when i was a little kid too because like I thought that meant you get to hang out with your kids and you get to talk back to your parents and call them their first name. You can actually complain and get yeah. results. Like, yeah. what a wild concept. Uh, like, look at your wife and like, did, did you just swear at your mom? Like, what are yeah. you doing? Like, yeah. you're trying to get beat? Like, what are you <laughs> And, like, I, I, I think it's it's... It's, there's that there's you know seeing what's around you and thinking that's all there is to it um and then like what society tells you right like all the all the tv shows you're watching and like all the all the kids mm-hmm. around you like yeah. because that's because that's normal um and because like they make fun of anything that's different yeah you th- like, like oh the narrative is totally flipped now like it's, yeah. it's such a different narrative growing up now versus in like the early 2000s kind of yeah exactly and like because growing up before i went to school i thought like being chinese was sick like i I, like i got all these like cool toys like i don't know we eat this like food i'm like i get to hang out with my grandpa like have so Mm. many cousins it's sweet yeah and then like you go to school and you realize oh wait this is the like this is the worst like this is shitty i didn't know that and and then like you, you like you don't know your identity is bad until you're told it right mm-hmm. and and then you're like holy shit like i don't want any of this um like this is i don't know i feel like it's a common a common feeling for a lot of like children of immigrants yeah totally you know when um how like well asians have like straight hair um but white yeah. people they have like curly hair. So, right? so <laughs> oh man, I, I know where like, this is going. Oh wait, did I tell you this? <laughs> no, no I, I just have a feeling about this. Um, yo, like when I was a kid, I thought the coolest thing was when white kids could like put on a baseball cap and their hair would curl <laughs> like below their hat. Do you guys remember that? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this is exactly what I thought you guys. <laughs> yeah. I feel like uh, I feel like I might have told you this before. But like, no, maybe. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm pretty yeah. sure when we were yeah, living together, I'm definitely like said this before because i operated on it yeah this is a very it was a common feeling it's a it's i have the exact same thought i well i my hair is kind of curly when it gets long so i actually had that like thing where you like flip the ends out because your hair is so long and you kind of get that like early zach efron hat hair hair. Um, yeah yeah. the like Mm -hmm. avril lavigne white skater boy look (laughs) yeah I think, and just, like, when you're a kid, you don't really have, like, it's, things are very, like, black and white to you, 
It's very yeah. much like yeah. when I thought white people were cool, I really did think Asian people were uncool for the most part. Like it was very black and white. There was no like, right. uh, or yeah. like if, if there was like cool Asians, it's like you're cool because you hang out with the white kids Asian. Like you're the token yeah. Asian. That's why you're cool, yeah. right? Yeah. Yeah, it's pretty messed up. But mm, that's interesting. That, yeah. That's what it was like. Yeah, I yeah. don't really remember at an early age like ever being ashamed of being like Filipino, but I'm also like quite ethnically ambiguous in appearance. <laughs> so I don't know if that was yeah. part of it. Um, but I, I mean, like, so, um, you you're from the Yukon, though, right? So yeah, it it might be a little bit different in like Calgary. Versus the Yukon. Yeah, that's true. Because yeah, people, like, people definitely think I'm First Nations, too. Because I have like the right skin tone. And I don't mm-hmm. really know. Um, <laughs> but, I, but I do remember as a kid being like stoked that I could get a really good tan in the summer. Because oh. like, <laughs> I feel like Filipinos hate being tanned. They mm-hmm. like want to be white. Yeah. And then white people oh, want to yes. be tanned. Yeah. And I had this like happy middle where like I wanted to be tanned because I was like, culturally pretty white but i was like ethnically filipino so i could actually get a good tan <laughs> and I was like, this is Dang. Great. yeah you're actually celebrated <laughs> uh for the things that would be punished elsewhere <laughs> did i ever show you guys like um there's this one clip from uh this comedian called ronnie ronnie like chang ronnie chang yeah and he does it like a netflix special oh is it the netflix is a joke thing it's like uh, I think it's literally called Asian comedian destroys America or something. Oh, um, yeah, which oh, cool. um, pretty interesting title. But it's like he he had like a joke there about um, like immigrants or like Asians always wanting their kids to become doctors, and like it was funny. But he also said something like, and it was it was very eye opening because he said like think about you if you were your parents, right? Or okay, maybe not your parents in this situation but like if you're an immigrant um yeah and you've come to america or canada and you just want like the best for your kids future um and when you came you probably like weren't good at english you had to like really fight for all your opportunities like people didn't really take you seriously and all these things so you want to like flip the narrative as quick as possible of your family in one generation and it's like what's the quickest way to do that it's, it's money and it's prestige and yeah. like what's money and prestige combined together is it being a doctor <laughs> it's like yeah this is oh, the quickest yeah. yeah it's like flip the entire script of your family in one yeah. generation of immigration you have gone from bottom to top of society True. like yeah and yeah it's, it's pretty it's, interesting yeah no i get that it yeah that's where the pressure comes from and then you turn out to study english or, <laughs> or social sciences yeah it's, yeah it's it's that whole like it's irony again because you know you come to like canada to make a better future uh, with more opportunities yeah. for your kid but yeah. like really you want those opportunities to go the cash route every time that's so true. Yeah. that's true and that's that's actually a really really insightful point like if you think about like what Asian kids were seen as before, like being super nerdy mm-hmm. and like being really into science and math and stuff, yeah, like it's because they were pushed into it because it was the easiest way to like actually 
like help out your family yeah yeah but if you think about like early 2000s like all the like there are a bunch of kids who are really good at drawing right like Mm. people who are really good at instruments like they really love sports like it's not that that's like a like i don't know i (laughs) it's weird that i have to say it but like it's not a genetic thing that they're all into like trying to get into stem right like there's all these other things that they're into but it's like a like cultural survival thing Mm -hmm. you have like the added pressure i guess yeah 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 there's there's like a bottom line of your existence kind of and like the bottom line is stability right like and and it's understandable because as, as an immigrant when you come and you're unsure about your future in this new country. You don't speak the language. You don't know anyone. Like, what do you want? Yeah, you want stability in this country. Yeah. Um, and you want that for your yeah. kids. I feel like so, on that note, uh, like, another way to kind of get there quick is to, like, marry someone white. Well, not that my mom is a gold digger. <laughs> <laughs> not that my dad is, like, loaded. But, like, you know, yeah. he has, like, a good job. Yeah. And, like, I think, like, we, us growing up, like, we weren't, I mean, my parents are super frugal, so, like, it might have right. seemed like mm-hmm. we were poor, but, like, we were doing fine kind of thing, and huh. yeah. we had, like, the opportunities that we wanted, and, like, we were able to go traveling for sports and band trips and stuff like that. Um, yeah, that's true. And, like, yeah, and I feel like our lives would have been pretty different if we had had, like, an immigrant dad as well, depending on, like, mm-hmm. their job and yeah. stuff, but... Yeah, I do. I, yeah, do want to go back to that, but first, I do want to note, like, what did we all end up studying in uh, <laughs> university? Yeah. Wait, are we all yeah. engineering? Engineering. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. But like, okay. I don't know. Like we figured out last time, Robin's yeah. pretty good at instruments, and Kevin. I don't know if anyone of the listeners have uh, seen any of Kevin's like art, but it's pretty cool. Like, I snuck into his house, as I said, that one time, and oh, saw, like, a wall of, like, Arizona iced tea patterns. Like, it was pretty, like, neat stuff, you know? And, like, Kevin, what are you working on these days? What am I working on these days? Yeah, uh, tell, well, yo, right tell now about quarantine. the black and white drawings. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, it's, it's just, like, a style I'm experimenting with right now. I think it's pretty cool. Um, but right now I'm working on, like a, like, a series for the Boston Celtics. I'm just doing some like postcard size drawings of uh, of some of the players right now, which is cool. cool. Nice. Um, but like, yeah. So I I do want to go to that with the whole hobbies thing because yeah, you do find that like a lot of um, like Asian kids, it's like they were they were like pushed obviously probably into an instrument probably piano by their parents, um, <laughs> and yeah. then you know sometimes they're like I would say less often but like pushed into into sports or like or business type things or like you know, um, just like useful hobbies almost. Um, but yeah, like, again, I don't think it's like, you know, genetically you want to study STEM. It's not like genetically they're yeah. good at things. It's just like, it's the whole immigrant mentality of like, of, of, of like grinding. Right. So mm-hmm. we're, we're good or, you know, we learn these things because our parents like forced us to really practice. Like, they're, my my sister's learning the piano right now, right? It's like every day you got to sit there for an hour. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Like you know, and and for these types of hobbies, like really, it's consistency that breeds 
like progress right mm -hmm. so like when your parents it's like you might have um chosen the thing you did like yeah as a kid i did they're like oh what do you want to do and i was like oh, i want to do art lessons right and they're like okay well you said it so now like yeah he, really he better do it like, he better do it three yeah. <laughs> three hours a week every week yeah right yeah so yeah. that's true but I but yeah what i'm saying is like there's like a whole range of interests that people are into oh yeah that, like yeah and like that but it, it's harmful to like it's unfortunate that it's harmful because then you just get this whole like stereotype from the outside that like that's how you are and like there's no variety like there's no like in intra-group variety you know what i'm saying yeah yeah it's interesting actually i feel like so like piano my parents like forced me to play piano at a young age and i didn't initially like it but now i'm really glad i did it and stuff and like picked up other instruments by choice i guess actually mm -hmm. they kind of forced me to take band as well but like <laughs> you know glad glad for all that and i yeah. actually think they would have been probably okay with me studying music uh huh. but it was never something i really wanted to study because i had like mm -hmm. basically been kind of studying music for like you know my whole childhood and i had to take like these pretty intense music theory courses when I got to like high enough level of piano and I was like no I don't want to do this so then like and not that they ever pushed me to study music but like engineering was kind of like I felt like my personal choice like yeah oh this yeah. is something mm -hmm. like I'm doing yeah. and I mean it didn't really <laughs> come as a surprise because I was always like inclined to like math and stuff yeah yeah uh, that's pretty fun I that's, never that's felt interesting the pressure, yeah yeah to become like an engineer or anything it was more like growing up, I felt the pressure to like yeah. do music, but then. Did you like not like... feel external pressure? Like, do you, do you... <laughs> the, the way that you like described it, like I kind of identified with too. It's like, yeah, that's something that like I chose engineering. Yeah. But when I think back, it's like, holy shit, like it, it really affected the way that I was thinking, like the, the way I was raised. Like, yeah, like I think yeah. it's, it's, yeah, it's a lot of us go and, and choose like, you know a stem major um and and it'll still feel like it's our choice like yes this is the only like this is what i want to do you know yeah. asterisks. but it, it's yeah. we say that it's what we want to do probably because we're conditioned from yeah. a young age that yeah. this is this should be what we want to do and it's like if i was raised like if i was adopted instead and and raised totally like freely it's like would i still be in engineering hard it's hard to say like i yeah. and i totally might be because i know growing up like no matter who what parents i grew up with like i would still be strong at the things i'm strong at but like you said maybe if i was just particularly feeling art at the time like i could have gone into art because that's also another field that i'm strong at besides like physics right yeah. um, but it just ended up physics was the one that like you know i ran with yeah, but I don't then I don't know if too if it's like because same like my dad is really good at math too, so like he would like help me with math when I had questions and then he would like teach me stuff ahead of the curriculum. So I remember like learning about logarithms, like I mean logarithms are not that complicated, but like a year <laughs> earlier than I should have. And then, I mean like, it's complicated <laughs> depending on when you're learning yeah, okay. it. <laughs> yeah. I think like I don't know, in school we learned them in like grade 11 and I think he told me about them in like grade 10 or something so that I like helped my older friend understand them. But then I think that like extra encouragement about like 
oh, like he knows this math stuff and it's really cool. In addition to like, I do think like I always would have liked math, but like being in that environment where I was like, oh no, like this is really cool. And like, I, you know, like it was interested to learn it outside of school hours and stuff. Like yeah. maybe gave me yeah, like a bit of a push towards like doing engineering yeah but yeah, yeah like if I had different parents who were like a lot more artsy and stuff like would I have ended up in the same place I don't know yeah maybe you're but... a rebellious kid and uh you're <laughs> like no mom I want to get yeah. to sciences <laughs> I just I think it's like so funny when it's like I, I watch a movie or a show or something and it'll be like a white couple and then yeah. like the you know the dad will be like a photographer and the mom is like like a freelance marketing agent or something right yeah and then um, i was like this is so unrelatable as like <laughs> yeah crazy. Like, <laughs> yeah. you will but, like never so rarely ever catch like okay i'm, I'm gonna go put my head down and say you'll yeah. never catch like an immigrant with those jobs like you might catch like third gen deep immigrants you know like with as a photographer but like first gen immigrants like no nah, that's that's never happened Yo, my so to challenge you on that, my dad actually he was a professional photographer when he was wow. my age. Holy moly! Yeah, <laughs> when he was in his in his well, a little younger maybe I don't know yeah. around in his twenties. And I think one thing that we forget as children of immigrants is that like our parents weren't always like whatever we think they are oh, yeah. now, right? Like they were they were kids too. Yeah, like. Like they had, they were into all sorts of creative stuff, and like, they, I don't know, it, I we have to remember that like they had to like give up a lot of shit to to go to a new place, like they had to give up a lot of like established friendships or like you know places that allowed them to to do that kind of stuff mm-hmm. to go to yeah. a new place. Because then, if we think about like the real OGs in North America, um, like the railroad, the railroad workers, like mm-hmm. um, all the people who who came and like, well, first they were railroad workers, and then they weren't allowed to do that because like the men what, were afraid of bomb. stealing. Yeah, well, well yeah, I, I don't know. There's a that's actually later. So like, well, yeah. <laughs> in 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 the 1800s, like they came to work on their railroads to like find to make money to send back home um and then there were like all these resistance against it uh from the local men uh because <laughs> they worked harder for less so they're like oh shit like we can't let them do that so like there were a bunch of lynchings and like um i don't know a yeah. bunch of legal a bunch of legal stuff too there's like a like Chinese Exclusion Act in the States, which is like, you don't really hear, like in history, you don't really hear about very specific ethnic exclusion acts. Um, yeah. yeah. Did not know that. Yeah. yeah and and uh, so then they were kind of forced to do stuff like um, cleaning and cooking, which is really like what was thought of as women's work back then. Mm, and okay. that's where you get these stereotypes from, uh, like owning laundromats and like mm-hmm. Chinese food places. And yeah. it's really funny that the stereotypes really came from the law, right? Like it's not like they chose to do that, but that was only work they were allowed to do. They were like limited to it, yeah. 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 
that all is just like survival stuff, right? Like a lot of these people, they didn't want to, they didn't want to come and cook, but they had to learn and they like made a whole new type of cuisine. Yeah. Like American Chinese food, as we know, it is like, it's actually pretty Chinese in its roots in that, like they were the ones who made it, Um, Mm -hmm. but they adapted it. So it's also very American, which is, yeah. And I feel like if we were a type of food, we would be like American Asian <laughs> food. <laughs> you know, we're. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. Like, it gets a bad like, rap, but like. I'm craving some like white Western Chinese food. Like, it's, yeah. It's, yo, it's, Panda it's, Express is a, a, a treat, man. It's great. It is. Like, it's, it's good stuff. They have some really good ads, like, as an. They're <laughs> like. It's it's pretty fun. They have like walk the line and like achy breaky heart, but sung in Mandarin, <laughs> and it's like it's pretty lit. I, I'm really, uh, but <laughs> it and like yeah. I don't know, I I don't know where I'm getting to, but like that all that kind of stuff that they're like forced in to do, like that was all survival, yeah. and they made some pretty cool stuff. Mm-hmm. And I, I to look, yeah, to look yeah. at it and say like, oh, American food, like American Chinese food, is like inauthentic, like, but it's not. It's I can't think of a better symbol for like what I don't know. We as kids are, um, like a product of, like yeah. trying trying to take the best of both. But like some people, for some people, they think it's like just watered down versions of both, and it's neither. Mm-hmm. But like well, that, that's, that's the kind of like. <laughs> thing that we face right mm-hmm. but do you I have this know. one prepared before we started talking that's pretty good no i'm just really into yeah, history of asian food man it's well, uh I'm, I'm into my uh, orange chicken I think, yeah i mean what you said is pretty much is that's just pretty much the narrative for like all immigrants no matter if you immigrated in the in the 1800s or if you immigrated now it's just really about like taking what opportunities are presented you know when someone can immigrate over and back in their country they could have been like a doctor or some kind of yeah like yeah any kind of professional right but it's like when you go to canada or america it's like you have to start over um Mm -hmm. and you're probably going to start in like like a labor like janitorial position like i know like my mom like she was um like she did like housekeeping for hotels and then my dad was like um he did like some kind of labor for like a wood cutting factory or something like that. I'm not exactly sure. Um, but it's like, yeah, like those are the positions that they started in, even despite like, you know, what they were doing in China. And yeah. you know, because of that, it's like you, you sometimes you, you forget that your parents were also like people once with hobbies, <laughs> with ambitions. But it's like once you move here, the, the bottom line just becomes yeah it's like it just becomes stability um yeah yeah that's true i mean like you hear so many stories of like um i don't know like eye doctors yeah like doctors from india or like there's this one uh in richmond uh there's this place called taco luis and the the guy who ran it he's like he got super famous like locally for like being such a character um <laughs> yeah, I don't know. It'd be like it's so it's like Mexican food, right? But like Tex-Mex food, but owned by yeah. like a like a Chinese family. Okay, and it's just like super weird and like well, it's pretty good stuff. And I'd be like, 
as a kid, I'd be like, hey, can I get a six inch combo? It's like, oh no, you're a big kid. Like, no, you, you get the 10 inch combo. And I'm like, all right, all right, you got me. Right, hit me up. And, but like, he, cause he like knew all the like regulars that came and like, he was such a character that everyone loved. But it turns out he was an eye doctor in China. Oh, wow. Yeah, they That's like did a, they did a whole piece like in in the local news about it, and like it's wild. Like that's the kind like, and he made the most of it. And mm-hmm. there's this like article that came out pretty recently. Um, it was about like all these Asian restaurants are closing, and um, you know, there's a take that like that's actually a good thing because like all these all these parents who started uh all these people who started all these asian restaurants they were just trying to like support their kids as they went through school and now all their kids are taking up like more traditionally higher up jobs in the ladder like doctors or engineers or lawyers or like different types of businessmen they're working in tech all that kind of stuff and they can't like keep the restaurant running so like that was the mission of the restaurant right yeah 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 that's true it is kind of sad to like see your mom and pop shop go, but like if it's going because the family got what they needed out of it, then you know it's kind of a good thing. Yeah, that's yeah. true. That's interesting. There's, I mean, there's definitely some poetic justice in there. Um, yeah, but I mean, yeah, I think that's that's a pretty good note to end on. Like, mm-hmm. you know, it is despite all the uh, all the shortcomings of immigrants and, and every obstacle that's been, you know thrown to them i mean we're still here and and the fact that you know like we are talking right now i mean that's just a testament to our how our parents were able to overcome these obstacles and give us a successful life that you know we're we're sitting here right now we're able to talk about this so yeah yeah. thanks thanks yeah (laughs) thank you mom and dad yeah (laughs) (laughs) dang uh any last words guys stay safe wash your hands yeah Yeah. unfortunately yeah we are still in that phase of the world uh damn this timeline this timeline sucks yeah yeah stay stay home for your aging parents guys yeah darkest timeline all right well thanks for dropping by the general store uh see you guys next time see ya yeah